Business Maker Series podcast, I'm talking to the illustrator Emma Louise Castle. How are you, Emma? Hi, yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. We were just talking about the weather, as I sometimes do in these podcasts, (laughs) and you're in sunshine and I'm in dark clouds. So I'm hoping the wind is in the wrong direction so it won't go to Insta (laughs) and you stay in sunshine for the rest of the day. That's my hope. And also that the sun the sun will also come from Insta to land key. I'll send it over. Yes. Perfect. We're set. We're set. Awesome. Well I like to get straight into the questions if that's okay. Um so our first question is why did you start a creative business? Um well, for me, it was a bit of a natural progression, really, going into the creative business. So I did a degree in textiles and specialised in embroidery down in Falmouth, um, which I absolutely loved. That was brilliant. Uh, and I got my first job in London and worked as an embroidery designer for two years. But to be honest, I always knew I wanted to end up by the sea. Um, so it was kind of the, the natural way to go because I, I sort of knew that the best way to sort of end up living where I wanted to was to maybe look at going freelance or have my own business of some description. So yeah, it was kind of a development from there really. So I moved, after two years in London, I moved back to Somerset where my family live. um, And I carried on working as an embroidery designer for a company based in Bristol, uh, which was really fun. So I did that for a couple of years. And then while I was doing that job, I got asked by a friend if I would illustrate some wedding invitations for her, which I really, really loved doing. I'd never thought about sort of applying my work into that sort of context before. Um, I also obviously was working a lot in the fashion industry, so it was just something a little bit different. And I really loved it. And I suppose things have kind of spiraled from there. Um, And me and my partner, knew that we wanted to make a move from Somerset and I was keen to come back down to the sea again Um, and he's a surfer so obviously big fan of North Devon (laughs) and perfect (laughs) yeah we found we were spending a lot of time sort of traveling from Somerset to North Devon and spending time here and we're both in the lucky position obviously I was at that point sort of freelance for the company in Bristol so I did work from home the majority of the time um so we had that option open to us that really it kind of didn't matter too much location wise um where we were working so yeah we decided to move down to North Devon and my business has sort of grown from here really since we came down so I kept working in Bristol for a little bit on and off but now I yeah I ended up working fully on wedding stationery which I absolutely absolutely love um so to the honest reason, I think I started to create a business was to come and live by the sea. That's a very valid and perfect answer there. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Because I think um, often we choose freelance work, self-employed work um, to create a lifestyle. Yes. Really. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's not it's not always an easy life as a self-employed person. So yeah. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to sacrifice, yeah. uh, I don't know, stability sometimes, yeah. not all the time, but sometimes, you know, it's it's to, it's to aim towards a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think when I lived in London, it was, it was a great experience and I could have, I could sort of see a way that I could have progressed my career quite differently, but I knew 
in the t certain job I was doing, I knew it would mean I'd ha probably have to stay in London. Um, I mean, obviously, there's, there's openings in other places, but the, the, you know, the actual role I had, um, I think London was the most suitable. And I just, I just, yeah, it didn't feel right for me. And yeah, like you say, you do kind of have to make, there's definitely been sacrifices made for being self-employed. But part of that for me was making sure that we live somewhere where I could appreciate all of those things, basically. <laughs> Definitely. I think it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, <laughs> and why not be in a beautiful place? Exactly, yeah. And I mean, also, in terms of a creative business, North Devon is just so full of brilliant inspiration. And for me, I definitely feel more inspired as a creative living somewhere like this than I, I have done anywhere else. Um, there's just, well, I suppose it's just so beautiful, isn't it? There's so many gorgeous places you can go for walks and for me, nature is like a huge inspiration. So if I'm having a bit of a sort of creative block or anything like that, just being able to get out and go for a walk. And in North Devon, you've got the coast and you've got like woodlands and oh, just you've got such a variety of gorgeous outdoor spaces. It's just perfect for going, for, you know, getting out, going for a walk and clearing your head. And for me, that's the time when I get the most ideas, I suppose. I've had a few podcasts where people have lived in London yeah. and done a very and done a very corporate job actually in London. But the fact that you were doing a creative job in London and still chose a different life, a different creative path in North mm. Devon, and that's quite fascinating to hear because often, or I still hear people say this, you need to get out of North Devon to yeah. go and follow your creative passion or the the more fringe, let's say, um, not fringe, they're mainstream, but I mean for North Devon, the fringe uh, careers. Yeah. So not the tourist, yeah. uh, tourism-based, service-led or agricultural um, kind of work. The other kind of careers, you need to leave North Devon. Mm. So the fact that you've actually moved from London, already being a creative in London, and choosing the lifestyle and that is yeah it's really refreshing to hear and it's really good to have that point of view yeah and um yeah thanks for sharing oh that's okay do you ever do you ever dabble do you do you still keep in touch with your fashion um embroidery skills or is it very much only your illustration now um to be honest it's really ended up only being um just illustration based i mean this is it's quite new as in right up to the start of um the pandemic actually i was still working as a surface pattern designer so i wasn't oh, wow. working um in embroidery anymore because i think that was partly to do with the market um and just the way that the textile industry was moving i'd kind of ended up just being pushed more towards surface pattern so i was still designing surface mm -hmm. pattern right up until the pandemic as a freelancer um, and then obviously, as it's happened for a lot of people, everything really got turned on its head. And quite early on, before um, in the UK, before we went in any lockdowns or anything, I'd already lost my freelance work because it was an international based role. And so obviously they were traveling around a lot, selling things and they just, it just completely changed. And so unfortunately for me, that kind of meant that that was turned up on its head. So. I think I was sort of moving in that direction anyway, but it was definitely an the extra push, I suppose, to make a change because I enjoyed it and I've the experience it's given me has been brilliant, but it is quite fast paced. It's, you know, it's very much based around like following fashion trends, getting them out as quickly as possible. Um, 
which you know which for some people is brilliant but I think for me I missed a slightly bit more of a connection with my work and it kind of felt like you're painting mm-hmm. and painting and you're not really it kind of moves in a different way you don't see where stuff ends up because I kind of would say for example design six surface pattern designs in a day and then they would go off out and be sold by the salespeople, and I may never see them again and wow. it's the other work that I do my wedding invitations and just you know illustration work in general you tend to have a bit more of a connection with which I yeah I kind of mm. wanted to move towards yeah. anyway so I suppose the pandemic was that final push really for me and I at the start I thought oh this is great I'll do weddings 100% because I probably naively which I'm sure we all can relate to thought oh yeah I'll just focus on that because you know it's all going to be okay and then it's been a little bit different from there but um we're getting yes (laughs) (laughs) weddings are happening again I I also I work for a I work well as you know Emma I work for a wedding venue and yes it's been a really tough time but they are Yes, they're able to go ahead now. Yeah. And so I, I'm guessing you've been more busy with that recently. Yeah, yeah it did Suddenly. go from one to 100, which I think anyone yes. um, in weddings totally understands at the moment how... I mean, it's been absolutely lovely for me because I had a lot of um, couples that I'd sort of halfway through their work or done the invitations but was working on things for the day and then they had to put things on hold maybe two three times and so in the last few weeks I've actually had quite a few couples and I've got to see that you know they've sent through pictures and they finally got married and it's so lovely to see Aww. them you know on having their day that they have waited so long for so that's been really lovely and it's kind of made all the extra hard work really worth it. <laughs> it's wonderful to hear that obviously you you like you said reflecting upon London the fact that there was no connection to go into a creative field where there's so much connection because you're creating content uh, beautiful illustrations for someone's you know the best day of their lives so that's just so lovely and and there must be a real journey as well with each couple and um yeah yeah it is really lovely and one I remember one of the nicest things someone said to me once was um that they're one of their family members because they'd done some invitations with the RSVP that was all illustrated you could send it back and someone said they didn't it was raining so they didn't go and post it because they didn't want it to get rained on because they thought it was so pretty and I just thought that was the nicest thing So when people tell you stuff like that, you kind of think, oh, it's just so nice to feel like you've kind of created something that someone's really going to treasure, which is lovely. Yes. Have you got that as a testimonial yeah. on your website? Yeah, I thought that was a fun one. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. That's like the perfect yeah. kind of, yeah, because it's the emotion attached to it yeah. as well, isn't it? It's like, the this is precious. Um, yeah, lovely. So... Moving on to our second question, which is what main challenges have you faced whilst growing your creative business? I think that's a really good question. Um, For me, probably one of the biggest um, challenges I had has been perhaps the confidence with um, quoting and costing my time. That's been a really big learning curve, I think, yeah I think for me that's one of the biggest things is sort of realizing that there's a um, logical way that you can sit down and figure out exactly how much you should be charging for your time because I sometimes would sort of look at it more as a whole and think well what would somebody want to pay for this but when you actually break it down and realize all the different things that you've got to pay for and 
you know, all your overheads and that sort of thing. I think once I sort of got my head around that, I found it made it easier for me to um, figure out stuff like that. But at the start of sort of running my own business, because previously I'd always um, sort of worked in a job where it was um, quite set in stone, really. And then it was, or maybe it was commission based or something like that. And to suddenly be the person who's got to figure out how much something's going to cost, I found that really quite a challenge, but it definitely gets easier with time. I think, yeah, I think for creatives, especially because we're creating something that can make, well, I'm talking about myself here. I went through this as well for many years, still do sometimes. Um, I've got, and um, there's so much emotion involved and it doesn't matter how many people say, take the emotion out of this yeah it's like yeah but but it's uh something I've created and so there's a lot of vulnerability there but like you said if you go to the you can find out for example artist union on online uh will say if you're five years plus an artist this is what you should be paid for your wage it's a national standard and I think it's getting to a place where that feels comfortable isn't it yeah it's going yes I am worth that and I think it yeah confidence is a really big one I would say for me it's taken years to get to a place where I'm confident enough to say yes this is what I'm worth but it's it's a journey and that's a really good challenge to bring up yeah um because I think for some it it's just very black and white from the beginning it's like no this is what this has cost and also it's it's remembering like you kind of said it's remembering everything else it's not just the hour yeah yeah <laughs> hours it's the it's the times prior to that that's taking you to yeah. learn and this yeah, is all why the training things, and everything exactly and the equipment and the investment yeah. and and that's why it's quite good just to go online and get the facts yeah. like you said yeah. and and um and take a bit of the emotion out of it because they do there is um in incremented in, in years let's say so under 5 years it's slightly less yeah. so you can go okay I'll settle in with that but yeah it's it is it's is a massive challenge and you're yeah you're definitely not alone in that yeah i think the way you put it is in what you're comfortable with is really important as well because I think there is a like that really helps me with confidence is understanding what I am comfortable with or not because somebody like I found before I've asked for advice and maybe somebody said oh well I think that you should sort of do this but actually I've then maybe acted on someone else's advice and not felt completely comfortable with it myself which yes kind of didn't and then I'm it's yeah it's not the best way for me personally to work I think I need to feel comfortable with it so I think that's quite a good way of putting it I think um when because I've gone on different courses about costings yeah (laughs) and and the brain is very easy at doubting of course yeah so even if like you just said even if someone says well actually I think you should be doubling your you know your hourly um uh pay it okay fair enough maybe maybe we all should be and and I think it is important to discuss this because as a as north devon or northern devon oh i think as a whole we underprice compared to let's say south devon yeah um where it's expected to be a higher price so i think it's it's important to push into the uh every so often to push yourself slightly out of your comfort zone into trying out a slightly higher 
but I understand yeah. completely that you have to feel comfortable. Otherwise, you you won't enjoy the work as well. I yeah. find if I'm uncomfortable about what I'm charging, I'm not enjoying making it because I'm so worried about being yeah, rejected absolutely. at the end yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, you've had added this whole extra pressure onto yourself. I I I don't know about you with your pricing hour but I've had someone say I was crazy uh, for trying to charge that and it was actually still less than the national and I think sometimes it's down to that person also not putting worth on your work yeah one of the other things I was thinking that I find is a challenge which actually really ties in with what you said is a bit about learning that it's okay to say no and that actually not every customer or client or um well, I suppose customer or client is necessarily going to be your customer or client. So like you just said, maybe they don't put the right value on your work. And if that's the case, then I think for me, it took me a while to understand that I don't need to necessarily mold myself to suit every single person that comes and gets in touch and says, oh, I'd like some wedding invitations. And as much as I, you know, obviously would love <laughs> if everybody would like me to do them, mm-hmm. but there's going to be so many reasons why I might not fit them. My style might not be just quite right. Or even if it's not a creative thing, if it's just the fact that, you know, the, the price point that I put on my work because I maybe have made different choices to another business might need to in terms of practical things like, you know paper choices or sustainability or anything like that might mean that there's someone out there with a different price point for me and it doesn't make it better or worse I don't think I think it's just about sort of getting your head around and realizing that maybe not everybody's gonna fit with you and that's okay and early doors I think I really try to just mold in and, and suit everyone and now obviously I haven't done a wedding show for a while but thinking about doing wedding shows and you sort of display your work and you meet people and I do actually feel quite comfortable now with knowing that some people are going to come over and you're going to chat through with them and actually they're probably going to walk away and not really be interested and that is okay for that to happen and I think that took me a little while to sort of get my head around because I quite like people pleasing so (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too yeah (laughs) (laughs) and in the end you've got to stay authentic to you you've got to stay in tune with your creative passion because otherwise you just get spread too thin yeah. you often in those situations actually if you look back you probably could do it and they may well have thought oh yeah that's good but for you it might not be your best piece of work and it almost comes back to something we said earlier I can't remember how we phrased it but about not taking things personally but when you because it is a crit you know especially in creative industries you really have often put you know your heart and soul in something and if actually maybe you're not the right person for that specific commission say or something else it's like I think it is important to be able to just not see it as a failure but just see it as maybe that's not the you know that's just not something that you're going to be able to put your best into because it's not the right fit for you. We don't get on with everyone do we? No. You know if we if we tried to get on with everyone in the world we would not be true to ourselves yeah. because that's why the world is great because there's so many different types of people yeah and it's just the same with it's just the same with artwork yeah. in my opinion creative work not everyone's going to like what you do but that's fine there'll be someone else for them yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> it's not like a lost cause yeah and there'll be someone else for you you know there'll be another client out there desperate and the fact is now you've got the time yeah to do their work yeah. so yeah it's a 
Do you have, have you, you know, obviously moving from London, did you have any major challenges moving from London to Somerset and then Somerset to North Devon um, with your creativity or has it been very easy? I, no, I don't, that's a tricky one. I wouldn't like <laughs> to say it's been easy. I'm almost one of those people, if things are going okay work-wise, I'll almost forget all of the things that could have been a challenge. But when I very first moved back, the probably one of the biggest challenges I had is I got got back and sort of thought, right, I'm going to have to job hunt. And I'd left my role that I was doing in London. And I, I think I, yeah, I think I signed on for job seekers um, and was like, right, I'm just going to have to do what I can do. And I remember a meeting at the job centre where I went in and I said, right, I've moved back because I want to live here. And they asked me what degree I did and what job I had. And they just looked at me and said, and this is when I was living in Somerset, and they were just like, oh, well, you're not going to be able to get a job doing anything like that. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, oh. Uh, and in a way, I didn't let it dishearten me too much because I was in a place where I just really wanted to live in Somerset. So I suppose I took it on board and thought, oh, well, that might be it then. I don't know if I can do a creative job anymore. Um, and they sort of started pointing me in the direction of, you know, really different things. And... I was quite happy to adapt to some point because I did just, you know, I really wanted to live um, in the area. So I did, I sort of put myself out there and I've done creative and non-creative things alongside. I obviously ended up, I did manage to find, so contrary to what they said, I did manage to find a creative job in Bristol. Um, Mm. But I've always, because it was freelance, I sort of did that part time and then, um, did, I worked in a cafe for a little while and alongside it because I've always quite liked to have a little something else to sort of pick, mix it up a little bit and feel like you've got a little bit of security. Um, yep. <laughs> so too. that's always been. <laughs> and I did some work in a school as an art. So again, it was slightly different angle to go on, but it was still a creative role. So I was an art technician in a secondary school for a while, um, nice. which obviously I, yeah, I really loved. It was really rewarding and got to use lots of creative skills but in a totally different way so I suppose I did find that a challenge and I think it was mainly just about the language that they used sort of telling me like oh you've moved if you want to live in this area you can't have a creative job and I just thought well no if you think about it there's lots of other ways you could use your creativity but maybe it's not so obvious or maybe you do need to be a bit more adaptable and if that's not what you want to do then I, I can see why people would move and stay where they want to stay but um, yeah, I suppose I just tried to mould to fit because it, it meant a lot to me to be a, not, you know, not having to live in London. Yeah, I had a very similar experience. Yeah. Um, I was, in the end, like, I look back as, at it as quite a positive time, but yeah, I had a really tricky time with the job centre. Yeah. And I didn't, because I was, I've been ill since I was 15, I didn't have any qualifications at GCSEs but and some A levels but that was it um yeah and to be honest like that should be enough in lots of ways but to the job center it certainly wasn't and um yeah exactly the same I I in the end what I chose to do rightly or wrongly yeah is I I did what they wanted me to do I searched for jobs I went on interviews but um and I didn't actually get any jobs from that. But whilst I had that time, I was I was looking at what I really wanted to do. And it actually gave me the time 
in a way to like just sit back and look right okay what do I actually want to do in my life because that's important yeah you know it's you know time is you know well you spend so much of your time working (laughs) exactly yeah so actually in a weird way yes I jumped I jumped through their hoops and I did what they needed me and I did look for work and I was open like as you were but it did actually give me the time to go right what I really want to do and I did exactly what you did you know I got other jobs um on the side whilst I built up um my film business because I was like okay well they've just told me I can't do anything like this um and I also get told that because of my illness as well you can't do that because you're technically disabled or whatever and I just go okay Mm, let me see yeah. and I and it is like taking with a pinch of salt yeah I think. definitely and it's such it's such like it's heartbreaking that uh, they've decided to tell people that this is not possible it's not yeah, possible to be is. creative in North Devon it is yeah uh not maybe not in the way that they need it to happen yeah and it's not necessarily going to be a case of like going on, you know, Indeed or on something and typing in your specific job and it's going to come up. No. It's not going to work like that. No. But that doesn't mean it's not an option. We are, this is why it's the Maker Series. We are makers. We make stuff happen. It's not always here for us to begin with. Yeah. And we have to build stuff. We have to make stuff. Yes, definitely. Um, in, you know, from our own jobs to events to art galleries to we have to support and we have to make stuff happen yeah and it's a shame that yeah obviously they have they're in their own like parameters I guess and they're told what they need to get us to do but yes it's a language and it's to take it with a pinch of salt I would say (laughs) (laughs) and fine and do what you need to do for them yeah and get a job perhaps in in what they perceive as yeah uh possible yeah but don't give up that there's something else <laughs> exactly don't shut that door because I know many people including myself who have part-time work and build yeah. their creative work on the side yeah. and I think that's a very set in my mind I'm too scared of going it full time yeah. half the time I need that stability in my life otherwise I start to, to worry uh, and then that's no good for creativity. Yeah. So it is a balance. But yeah, thanks for bringing that up because I think quite a few people have probably been in that situation. Yeah, well, no, I'm glad that it's not, in a way, that it's not just me. But well, I'm not glad because would, it would be great if it was different. But um, yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? So talking about jobs, and you've already mentioned it a little bit, but how do you, well, it sounds like you're full time with your illustration work. How do you make it work? Well, I'm actually not at the moment. So I okay. since um, the so obviously at the start of the pandemic, I was I suppose I was full time in that I was doing um, half of the week I was working for freelance for surface pattern, and then half of the week I was doing wedding stationery. Um, and then I had uh, the job at the school. I forget which. I think I've maybe said that the wrong way around, but I don't, but, well, what, <laughs> uh-oh, um, we'll probably have to edit that back If out. you want to start, yeah, I'll no, start it's right. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just start again, now, cool. When, no, that's when, okay. When we moved down uh, to North Devon, I still had my job working at school, 
part-time. So I was doing wedding stationery, surface pattern design and working at school, um, which I kept up for a little while, and I, but it meant a lot of traveling because um, that was back in Somerset. So I, when the end of term came, I didn't uh, carry that role on. I wanted to be in North Devon full-time. So then I just did my wedding stationery and the freelance surface pattern, um, which I went full-time then up until the pandemic. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I stopped doing the surface pattern and went full time wedding stationery and illustration, which was difficult because obviously weddings were yes. completely off. So I kind of diversified. And obviously, during that time, there was lots going on anyway. Um, so I sort of developed a bit more um, pr sort of pr uh, print. Um, art prints and greetings cards and non-wedding nice. design things which was really lovely actually to get to sort of do something that I probably wanted to do for a little while but not had the space to do it um, so I then I also did a lot of things like worked on my website and all of the behind the scenes stuff that often kind of ends up at the end of the pile <laughs> um, <laughs> so that kept me busy and then I've actually recently in the last few months been working a few days a week at the gallery and printers um jackson and young in Barnstable. oh nice yeah which has been really really lovely so i knew the girls um anyway because i got a lot of printing done there um, and i think they've been spoke about in a previous podcast because they're great if you've got any printing needs um and yes yeah they're brilliant yeah, definitely before. yeah they're really helpful and um yeah they know exactly what they're doing so yeah, during um, the last few months, I started working there as a studio assistant a couple of days a week, which is lovely because it means mm. I get to be part of a team, which is something that yes. is obviously a bit of, I'm, I know some, you know, a lot of people find a challenge in self-employment is you can be a little bit lonely on occasions, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. So it's been, yeah, yeah it's been really nice to have um, sort of other people to work with, which is lovely. Someone you can kind of ask questions to and... Um, yeah, it just adds a little bit of um, variety. It means you sort of get to speak to people a bit more because most of my work is remote and I maybe speak to people on the phone, um, but there's not that many face-to-face -face appointments. So working in the gallery is lovely because people are popping in and stuff like that. So that's mm. a really nice balance for me at the moment. I really enjoy it. Yes, I can totally relate yeah. about the isolation. <laughs> yeah. That's so nice that you've Yes, that's so wonderful that you've got that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's just like, oh, people. Yeah. <laughs> Physical people, not 2D people on a screen. Yeah, yeah. People come in and they probably think, blimey, she's chatty. I'm like, oh, that's first person. Stay, stay. Yeah, I'm yeah, <laughs> But yeah, it's oh, definitely that's nice. lovely. And for me, I've always, I enjoy the mixture, I suppose. I enjoy... Um, not having all my eggs in one, one basket is nice. Um, so, and it, you know, every, it works differently for everybody. And obviously I've had periods where I have been solely dependent on the self-employment and that's had its, you know, it's good and bad part. So I just find personally yeah. for me, and it sounds like the same for you, that it's sort of nice to have a bit of a mixture. So moving on to our last question, um, do you have one or several pieces of advice you would like to share about creative business now you already have given quite a lot of advice from talking in the last for the last questions but do you have any like main piece of advice um I 
feel like I've may have, maybe I've mentioned this, but I don't I don't know. And it probably might sound a little bit obvious. But I wish I'd realised earlier on that it's completely okay to make a mistake, um, and yeah. that could be like the you know the silliest little mistake. Um, like I'm embarrassed to admit that once I thought I'd phoned, I had an international customer and I thought I phoned them on WhatsApp and I didn't. And I'd phoned them off of my normal phone. Lo and behold, obviously the phone call cost me a lot of money. <laughs> oh no. And it was one of those mistakes at the time. I really beat myself up about it. And I was like, I can't believe you did that. Why have you not, you know, you didn't think and whatever so I was quite hard on myself that I'd made that mistake because it kind of means in the end you look at you know the job and what you've your outgoings and I'm like well that's really massively changed yeah. the spectrum for what I thought was maybe going to be you know a good a good job and yeah I think I would have now I look back I think sometimes those type of things happened and I was quite hard on myself or obviously I do a lot of printing um and sometimes things you're going to, you know, unfortunately, mistakes are going to happen and you might print something and it comes back from the printers and something's gone wrong and you didn't, you know, yeah. you maybe if you'd done triple checks, you might have, you know, missed it. But maybe in busier times, you you didn't do that, so you missed it. And all of those things have really helped me to learn. So although it's maybe a bit of a, I don't know if that's a, bit of a cliche statement to make, but I really found no, in business the mistakes are the things I've learned from the most because every time I've made a mistake and realized the impact it's had, it's something that I, pr I'm pretty sure I haven't done again because you, it's the best way to learn. So even though it might feel yeah. really annoying at the time or really frustrating, I wish I'd gone a little bit easier on myself because in reality, it was a really good learning curve. So yes. yeah, I think just yeah. not to be too hard on yourself if you do make mistakes. Um, like I listened to uh, the podcast by Holly Tucker, who does, um, she's yes. not on high street. Yeah. yeah. And she was interviewing the guy that started Bloom and Wild. Um, mm -hmm. And he said about a mistake they made early doors to do with ordering these boxes or something and how they'd got this huge order of boxes and then it was all wrong. And honestly, I listened to that and I suddenly thought, oh, so it's not just me that has, you know, made no, mistakes no. in the past. Because <laughs> even these big companies that you see with like huge success stories at some point did stuff where they were like, oh no, what have I done? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we're only human yeah. in the end. And I think even if in that moment, like you said, you beat yourself up a bit, it's like moving quickly on from that and not yeah. holding that. Yeah. Because that can really impact our confidence, can't oh, it? And the yeah. taking on. So it's like, okay, that was silly. Or, you know, having that moment with yourself and then going, okay. And letting that go then, yeah. in a way. Yeah, you know, learning, Like you said, learning from it and not holding it. Yeah, yeah, because that has such bad impact if you carry it around with you for so long when you just, yeah, it's, it's, you've got to move on. And I read something in a book recently. I, it, it wasn't, it was just a fiction about something, but the, the, the character in the story, basically, something was going on that was a bit of a disaster. And they basically described, I can't think how they said it, but they described it instead of getting anxious about it they were thinking already about the future and how funny what was happening would be as a story <laughs> and I found it quite an interesting way to look at it and now sometimes if I'm perhaps a bit caught up in something that I think is a bit of a disaster I'll remember that and I'm like oh, I think about in two weeks when you like retell this it will be yes. funny because normally things that go a little bit wrong obviously you know that's only works for certain things but you know in the end of the day you're probably going to be able to laugh about it and it might be a bit of a funny story yes. and 
yes, you might not feel like it right in that moment, but it will come. And so even just allowing myself to think about two weeks in the future, immediately I calm down a little bit. So I'm like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I do that with worry. I do that with like things I'm worried about about yeah as well it's like oh I shouldn't have said that or and I guess that comes into the mistake element but like oh why did I say that or why did I do this and it's like well in two days time how will I feel about it so yeah I can really relate with that and that's a really good tool because it's it's it puts it a bit more in perspective yeah definitely because it can feel, when you make those mistakes, it can feel like the whole world just yeah, falls in, that in moment, on itself. Think, I've completely failed, what have I done? And, you know, it really isn't like that when you step out of it. But yeah, in that moment, it can feel a lot worse. Great advice yeah. there, great advice. The only other bit of advice I'd say would be um, about, like, making connections and just supporting and championing other, like, other creative people, other businesses and when I've gone to do wedding fairs and working around other small businesses, sort of getting behind other people and just seeing what they're doing and shouting about them is the nicest thing because you can, because we've said already, it can feel a little bit lonely being self-employed. So finding other people out there that are doing something similar to you or just running a creative business that you value and appreciate, I think it's just a really lovely thing to sort of support each other and not, yeah, not see it as competition, just see it as, yeah one big community where we can all kind of like you know help each other out (laughs) having lived in sort of Somerset and then London for a little bit I've I, I personally think that the community in North Devon of creatives when you meet them everyone's so lovely and so supportive and I think it's something quite special about North Devon that maybe I didn't know about when I first came here and it took a little while to sort of find my way with it a little bit because it's maybe not as easy well, not as easy, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it's not the type of thing you can just Google. <laughs> where's another small business or no. you know, where's another no. creative person who works from home who you might not bump into? But actually after a little while of, you know, getting to know one business, they'll tell you about somebody else or, yeah, you once you kind of find your way around, there are lots of really lovely people that are doing really interesting things and you get to meet them. And I, I think it's a great part of North Devon. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Oh, yeah, it's been lovely. Yeah, lovely to chat with you. And I feel, yeah, I feel very privileged that you wanted to um, ask Aww. me to be part of the really nice. Bless you. Oh, I feel privileged that you said yes. Oh. <laughs> there you go. You.